podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Nuggets Podcast. I'm your host, David Samuel, and each week we'll be discussing a topic that will provide you with food for thought to help you on your journey. Hi, this is David Samuel with another nugget. Today I'm going to talk about something that could be killing your chances of success. It is slightly nostalgic, but for good reason. Basically, I started playing tennis, I guess, at the age of three or four. I can't really remember not being able to hit a tennis ball. We had a court in our backyard, luckily, and my mother and elder sisters played. And I used to, I guess, just go on court and hit balls. I remember playing hours and hours against the wall that was on the court. I played every Grand Slam multiple times against the top player who was the wall. And if I made a certain amount of shots, then I'd win the point. And obviously, <laughs> I always won. It was great fun. And then as my younger brothers got a bit older, we used to play a lot of mini tennis. And I started playing tournaments at the age of nine. I remember I got totally stuffed in my first match, 7-0. It was a round robin. I remember the first player that I played against was Carsten Pop, the guy who beat me so easily. A couple of years later, after practicing with him quite a lot, I actually beat him very, very easily. So I had pretty rapid progress as a junior and became one of the best ones in South Africa. I was top 10 in the under-18s, good enough to get offered a scholarship to the Texas Longhorns and then later transferred to North Texas State, the Mean Green, because a couple of my South African friends had gone there, and they were making a big push for the Southwest Conference. It was a pretty decent move for me, but I guess I will never know the difference, because I was persuaded by my friends to redshirt and go there. The reason I'm going through all of this is to say that growing up in South Africa overall, I'd say we had very poor coaching. We practiced tennis matches only which made us very match tough. But there was some really bad advice, like one of my coaches telling me never to run around my backhand, that only girls do that. And I had a very, very good forehand and not a very good backhand apart from slice. I couldn't hit over the ball with my backhand. And there was good reason for that. Until I was 21 years of age, when a coach changed my grip, I had a continental grip, which was okay for a slice backhand, but it's terrible for topspin. But I didn't know that. I was trying to hit topspin with the wrong grip. Unfortunately, the coach who was on the right track took my grip too far around. So I went from one extreme to another until slowly I worked it out for myself where it needed to be. It's very hard to get confidence in a shot that has always been a weakness, even when it is much improved. And I had no understanding in those days of overcoming historic fear. Also, I needed to run around my backhand way more and hit more forehands because that was my strong side. I had a very good natural serve with a lot of pace, but again, nobody really taught me much about using spin effectively to change pace and to mix up serving at the body. I mostly served big and flat, which became predictable and tiring. I don't think I really heard much about that until I got into college, and even then I don't think I was told specifically when and how to use different serves. So the importance of good coaching in anything in life cannot be underestimated. And I'd say this, that whatever I achieved as a tennis player, and I would say as a pro, I was successful in terms of making enough money to live by mixing up for European clubs and money tournaments. 
combining these with ATP events. The ATP in those days had the lowest level called satellites, which had very little money. And so you basically played money tournaments, only enough to go and try and improve your ranking. Then as soon as you ran out of money, you'd have to go and play money tournaments again. But ultimately, there were some players that were able to figure things out for themselves that maybe got one or two nuggets of information, such as if somebody had changed me to a proper backhand group when I was younger, which would certainly have helped me become a better tennis player. A few nuggets of information at the right time would have made my job a lot easier. The other thing was mentally, I went on a big journey myself, trying to figure things out. I read a lot, and in those days, you didn't have access to an internet because there was no internet. Information was pretty much gotten from books, and these could often be outdated. When you don't have a mentor, you're not exactly sure where to look for the right help. So you can also read and listen to a lot of nonsense and think that that is good advice. One thing I will say about this journey that I took into mindset and trying to figure out my own tennis is that it helped me a lot in understanding how difficult it is to find good information. And as I started to put the pieces together, it was laying the foundations for me to be a good coach. My coaching is bearing a lot of fruit from the struggles that I had as a player, not quite understanding things, and definitely was a big motivation for me as a coach to help players not make all the mistakes that I made. It's really important that you allow players to make some mistakes, and they will regardless of whether you want them to or not. But mistakes are very helpful because they hurt, and hurt is often a great motivator to not make them again and to learn properly. The job of a coach is not to protect people from any adversity or try to because you're not going to succeed, but that should not be the aim. It's to help them understand how to overcome or to find ways in which to deal and accept adversity. Now that I have the experience and branched out into helping athletes in various sports and others in business, my journey into mindset did not stop once I became a coach. It actually accelerated, and now I know the right places to look in order to improve my own coaching. I also invest heavily into myself with other coaches because no matter how knowledgeable we become and how much we teach something in order to learn it ourselves, we cannot beat having a sounding board and talking things through with another coach who really knows their stuff. Choose a mentor or coach, someone who will ask effective and challenging questions that force you to think with different perspectives and ways of looking at problems. This all helps get us out of our own heads and think better outside the box. And especially when we are close to things, we really find it difficult if emotions are involved. It just becomes so much harder to separate ourselves from the situation. And that's where having a mentor or coach is so very important. I know a lot of parents who are coaches of players, and I'd say in those situations, you need to get outside influences that can work with both the player and the parent so that they don't get stuck in old emotional patterns. Certainly, I learned in my 50s what I wish I'd known earlier, which was to invest in a private coach. I haven't stayed with the same one all the way through. I've moved around a few times because you can outgrow a coach or go in a different direction that needs different coaching. 
In my younger days, everything I learned was through seminars, books, cassette tapes, but nothing beats a conversation with a coach to help get things straight in your own head. We have to be very appreciative of the journey that we're on. Everybody's different. Every journey is different. But I do think it's really important that you find people in your life that can help you become more aware and help you in whatever field you work in. To understand things on a different level is so important. The same understanding when you're 25 years old will mean something different when you're 35 or 40. We evolve and what we know and what we know is best for us also evolves. So evaluate carefully and adjust as your experience grows. If you want to know more about my work, email me on david at mindsetcollege.co.uk and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next week. That wraps up this episode. Be sure to grab the freebie in the show notes, a guide to the difference between belief and confidence. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube for more. See you in the next episode. Sports Social Podcast Network.